You are listening to Cut Jib Newsletter Speaks, the podcast. This is season three, episode seven for Wednesday, March the 8th, 2023. JJ Sefton here, along with my good friend, co-blogger and colleague, CBD. CBD, good morning. How are you, sir? Ah, I'm doing fine. Beautiful spring day, unfortunately, in northern New Jersey. Uh, it's probably 50 degrees out there, bright blue sky. The snow is, has melted. And I'm profoundly depressed because I am probably going to have to wrap up my snowblower for the year, which is just a, an awful, awful set of circumstances. And uh, I think I might have to move to Montana because I am sick of no snow. Okay. Well, look at it this way. Maybe when your uh, your lawn comes in, you could use your lawnmower and maybe that will, you know, it's green, but uh, it's not, not snow. But I guess it's it's cold. It's not cold comfort. I guess it's warm comfort. But warm there you comfort, go. yeah. <laughs> There's a guy yeah. bitching about the spring coming, but not me. I'm uh, <laughs> in Ice Ice Station, Wisconsin, so I'm very happy to have uh, have have the spring coming. Anyway, um, we have a, a number of things that are cooking on the platter that uh, that point to the destruction of our country and our freedoms. The first up is the huge news, uh, a couple of huge new, news items, but the first one we're going to deal with is. Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, has released the January 6th videotape archive. I guess it's close to 40,000 hours of of uh, surveillance tapes or, or video recording from many, many angles in the Capitol on the fateful day of January 6th of 2021. And to his credit, uh, his immense credit, he released them not to the usual propaganda mills where they can butcher them and obfuscate and, and spin them any way they want, but he released it to Tucker Carlson. And Tucker Carlson basically showed an, quite a bit of footage that essentially confirms what we had all known all along, that this was never an insurrection, as the left has pimped it to be. But this just shows that it was uh, most of the violence, if not all of the violence and all the mayhem uh, that was occurring was on the part of the police and their and their stooges and informants in the crowd. And the crowd was essentially unarmed and peaceful. And uh, among other things. So it's just, of course, the reaction has been on the left was to to go absolutely apoplectic and crazy that this is a threat to our national security when, in point of fact, all it does is uh, it destroys their meme that this was uh, as they claimed it was. And it's rather revelatory. So kudos to both Tucker Carlson and and to Kevin McCarthy for, uh, for putting this out there. I'm reasonably pleased with Kevin McCarthy. I expected him to turn immediately into a uh, industrial GOP drone, and he is doing the right thing, which is, is quite pleasing to me. Th- this is maybe a trivial point in the grand scheme of things, but I was fascinated by the the sheer magnitude of the footage. 41,000 hours of footage over what? It, I mean, it, it can't be more than six hours from start to finish. That means that the number of cameras that the federal government, the Leviathan, has observing the congressional chambers, the hallways, the, you know, outside is it's unbelievable when you think about that. We're talking about possibly thousands of cameras. And I find that disturbing because we are, you know, the the idea of of the surveillance state is something that most Americans are uncomfortable with, but we have it in spades. And I hope that somebody addresses this in Congress, that they are being observed to a disgusting extent. It's a public space, but I think that the sense that everything is being observed by these quite obviously nefarious characters in the security apparatus within Congress um, is disturbing. It is. I would, to play devil's advocate a little bit, I would say that if, oh, there's if a one surprise. Point, 
<laughs> I play a very gentle devil's advocate here, but look, this is this goes for the it helps the uh, helps keep the show lively, folks. I would say that two things. Number one is that of all the places that you may want surveillance, even though it is the, the government and it's the people's house and so on and so forth. You know, to prov- it is a, is a high security area. Obviously, it is a target for terrorists, not terrorists, not the uh, MAGA variety, of course, who are the phony terrorists, but real terrorists who might come in like the jihadists or or whoever who might uh, have a hankering to blow the place up and shoot the place up. So in that regard, yeah, you know, I can understand it, it to a certain extent. Ironically, CBD is that. All these cameras will prove beyond a shadow of a doubt to anybody who has even the, the smallest inkling of, of an open mind that what the junta is saying, the, the official story that this was an insurrection led by Donald Trump to try to overturn the to try to overturn the election and to and to wrest control of the government is a complete and utter, utter lie. It's total bullshit. They claimed that this officer, Brian Sicknick, initially they said that he was beaten in the head with a fire extinguisher by a MAGA uh, supporter, and that turned out to be false. And then when he died, it, 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 we find out that it was hours later of, I think it was a heart attack in his own home. You're absolutely right. He, uh, they have video of him walking around the, the Capitol. Absolutely. Uh, the other clearly doing sorry, the his other, job, which was, I assume, to patrol. Exactly. The other person is this guy known as Buffalo Guy. I believe his name is, I think it's Jason Chansley or Chanley. I, I, I whatever. Like you, we that, know him yeah. as Buffalo. He's, he's dressed up as a. Chansley, he's dressed up in a buffalo headdress with face paint and this and that. And there, and he received, I believe it was, he had to cop to a plea to 41 months in federal prison. And we have footage of him. Not only was he has no weapons, he's, he has nothing but I think just, just an American flag. And he's in, surrounded by a sea of cops. And what are the sea of cops doing? Literally escorting him through the through the Capitol building as if he was on a guided tour. And you get 41 months in prison for being a for being the, the part of a tour group of, led by the D.C. police. Uh, that's ridiculous. So that m- meme was exploded. But the most egregious thing was there's footage of Josh Hawley. And supposedly for weeks now, the, the press has been using footage showing him supposedly raising his fist and like, you know, to the barricades and all this kind of bullshit. It turns out it was it was edited by the news outlets to make it look as if he was trying to incite violence. It's it's beyond the pale. And, and here we have people like Chuck Schumer getting up screaming for Tucker Carlson to be hauled off and, and taken off the air because this is some sort of a danger to our precious democracy, which makes me vomit when I hear that phrase. The only danger is it's it's a danger to their hold on power and to the story that they're trying to spin. They're holding on to that story in, in spite of the overwhelming evidence that it's false. You know, Kinzinger and Cheney, who are the two biggest whores ever to come out of Washington, D.C., Kinzinger tweeted something about Tucker Carlson's false assertions. Now, how, how can a videotape be a false assertion? This is the raw footage, as you explained earlier. And then I mean, it's it's arrant nonsense. And then Cheney, um, I'm going to quote hers because it's ridiculous. One lesson of January 6th is this. Trump's lies spread on TV and social media provoked a violent attack on our capital, period. No responsible adult and especially no American pledged to our Constitution should deny what happened or repeat the same reckless lies. In the face of overwhelming video evidence that the vast majority of this was peaceful, maybe as chaotic, a bunch of people wandering around taking newspapers and you know taking selfies of them in Congress. This is nonsense, and yet they hold on to their lies. And I think it speaks volumes, certainly about Liz Cheney, who 
clearly never represented Wyoming. She represents one thing, and that is the deep state. Her father clearly represented the deep state. And these are the people who are most dangerous. I expect this kind of stuff from the Democrats. I do yeah, not expect this from Republicans, even the, the mushy mouth, fake Republicans in the center. But Cheney and Kinzinger, uh, you know, they can die in a fire. I agree. But what does it say about you see, what does it say about the, the so-called two party system when when well, that's people like that because they're just they're, they were phonies to begin with. And well, now you have people like Mitch McConnell and Mitt Romney and uh, who is it, Tom Tillis and a bunch of people literally blasting Tucker Carlson for showing these tapes because the because those three idiots uh, went on and, and have swallowed the meme hook, line and seeker and a sinker. Followed the meme hook, line and sinker, not Sika. Sika's a porn actress, but they, they followed oh the meme. God. It's whatever. She's one of my favorites. But let's let's put that aside. They swallowed the whole thing, hook, line and sinker. And they're pushing this meme that Donald Trump literally tried to reverse the a, a legitimate election and led a riot and an insurrection against the Capitol. That, to me, is really is beyond the pale. And again, I circle back to Kevin McCarthy, because, as I said uh, in my editorial this morning in the morning report, Let's face it, for years, Kevin McCarthy was at best kind of feckless and, and at worst, you know, he was kind of useless. And he was really the sort of right hand uh, man to people like Paul Ryan and uh, and so on and so forth. But by doing this, he's put kind of a target on his own back. And it's, you know, as, as Milton Friedman, the great Milton Friedman once said, is is you elect people, you don't try to elect the right people. You have to elect the wrong people and you make it politically profitable for the wrong people to do the right thing. And man, was it ever the right thing for Kevin McCarthy to, to do this and especially to, to keep it away from the usual propaganda mills, but to give it to someone like Tucker Carlson. But yeah. this is just it's, it's beyond the pale. This is raw footage. Look at this way. If these people were so you know vested in their in their truth that that this was an insurrection led by Donald Trump, you'd think they'd be screaming for these tapes to be released because it would prove it. The chaos that you you pointed out, CBD at the Capitol, was a result of the fact that you had an overwhelmingly large number of uh, Confederates of uh, the DOJ and the FBI and stooges like uh, Antifa members dressed in MAGA hats who are the ones that are instigating the violence. This Ray Epps character who still will not be, uh, you know, everyone says, oh, Ray Epps, it's a, it's nothing. He, he's part of the FBI. He was one of their Confederates. And the poor hapless people who followed the D.C. cops into the building you know, you look at Ashley Babbitt and Roseanne Boylan, they were shot and killed and and Roseanne Boylan was beaten, beaten to, to death. death. Yeah, right. And all and people claim, well, the, the cops were injured in the melee. The only injuries the cops, you know, uh, so, suffered was was friendly fire incidents when some idiots were some of these cops were firing their own tear gas and uh, pepper spray on each other. And that's where the injuries came from. It's yep. absolute bullshit. This whole thing has been exposed and that's it. So hopefully it we'll see if it gets out as a little bit of a postscript. Tucker Carlson was supposed to release more footage last night and he didn't release it. I think Schumer and McConnell somehow got to Rupert Murdoch and they they nicked the yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me at all. Rupert, Rupert Murdoch, Murdoch has been asked, probably not so politely, to put a lid on Tucker Carlson. I don't know how successful that's going to be in the long term. The video footage is, is out there. Tucker Carlson has it. He doesn't strike me as a cowardly man. I think this is important enough for him to put his job on the line. He's independently wealthy, so it's not that big an issue. The question, of course, is whether he can uh, have as large a, a footprint in the media if he separates himself from Fox News or the Fox Corporation or whoever they're called nowadays. Um, 
but he, he has done great work. And, and if he does finally knuckle under to the pressure from the deep state, I do understand. It's difficult to be brave in the face of that. And that's why these people are so impressive and so rare. Yeah, they're generating. Look at this way. If they can do what they can do, and, and now I'm putting my sort of tinfoil hat on here, if they could do what they could do to Jeffrey Epstein, if they could do what they could do to a lesser extent to people like Mike Flynn and Paul Manafort, and the, literally the scores of people who are still being held in jails in D.C. and elsewhere, for some of them not even for even being in the building, but for being on the grounds of or near the Capitol enough to be labeled as, ter- as potential terrorists and insurrectionists without being charged with any crime almost now two years over two years later, this is something that no wonder this is getting into Tucker Carlson's uh, calculus. They're trying to do everything they can, whatever you think about Donald Trump. Again, they're doing everything they can to destroy him and his family and wipe him out, short of literally, if I could use the word, assassinate the guy. And I will use that word. So I think someone like Tucker Carlson, I can't blame him for being scared. But again, these are the times, as they say, that try men's souls and you know, you have to weigh in the balance. What is it worth to you to, to see real ju- to do something that is so uh, incredibly important for the for the life of this country going forward? If there if it is to have a life, then to somehow release these tapes, uh, even if it means your career and God forbid your own personal safety to, to see that justice is done. This is really an amazing story. It is. Absolutely. Although uh, just to, to bring it, I mean, we, we touched on it earlier, but so you, you mentioned that McConnell, the cocksucking piece of shit who uh is <laughs> don't hold back yeah sorry about that but he really is a, a, a he's a real piece of work um he criticized tucker carlson and and the, and the idea of, of mccarthy giving this video footage to him and mccarthy defended himself he said tough this is transparency and that's what i'm going to do and i like the idea that there is a schism between the senate and the house of representatives i think it's very very important because it, it makes it clear to the American people that they are not speaking with one voice. And I think that is a very, very good thing. It's a positive, positive thing. I, I agree. Just, it just, it that's shows just aside, you know, it is a bit it is a big deal. And it also illustrates what we've been screaming about now for years and that, you know, it's a uniparty, the GOP establishment, forgetting about the, the, you know, people like, let's say, Matt Gates or Marjorie Taylor Greene or, you know, whoever you might think, uh, you know, standing up and and, and being counted and, and opposing the the myriad things that the, the Democrats and the left and the globalists are trying to do to this country. Uh, it, it shows that the the the, the you know, the, the, the farce that we this so-called two party system that we have. And now this one party, we're finally having people, enough people that are rising up and saying no more. We are going to take back this party and and, tr- and it's a fight to the finish to see who who survives this. And and you'll you know, you, you see by the words and the deeds of everyone from McConnell and uh, Romney and Tillis and so on and so forth to people on our side. So it, it would be nice, though, if someone like a Rand Paul would, would stand up. I think Ted Cruz has basically stood up and taken sides with Matt Gates, but it would be nice if other people did too. And let's just get this crap out in the open and have it out once and for all. So who's going to have this party? Or is this party just going to be part of the uniparty? It's going to be an interesting couple of years.
Anyway, let's move on to another success, and that is the uh, FCC nominee, Gigi Sohn. Gigi? Gigi? It's Gigi. Uh, funny, yeah, I know. Funny Gigi, little... but I'm going to call her Gigi. Gigi Sohn um, funny withdrew little good after Joe Manchin opposed her, and he, he simply talked about her ridiculous – I don't even know how to describe how partisan she is. That She's absolutely incapable of running any organization that has – any mandate for being uh, nonpartisan. She is a clear partisan and so far to the left that the nomination itself should have offended Congress. It didn't, but finally, no, I, she would no, in the original. By anything other no, than late to the cocktail yeah. party. Exactly. And her original, this is the thing both he and Kristen Cinema both confirmed her to some other lower post. I forgot what it was. But she had the, the, the reason that her that she's been torpedoed is that forgetting about her record, but her, her rhetoric, anti-police rhetoric has come to the fore. And that was kind of considering everything that's going on now, that was a bridge too far for Manchin, who is now positioning himself potentially, if not to jump from the Democratic Party, then to possibly announce his candidacy to primary Joe Biden or to be in the primary for the Democrat nomination. Uh, same thing. Cinema, not so much presidential aspirations, but she, she sort of positioned herself as, quote unquote, an independent. But anyway, if you look at her record, by the way, there is a phenomenal resource. It's it's um, David Horowitz has a, um, a website along with Front Page Mag. It's called Discover the Networks. Yes. And it's literally a, a rogues gal, a rogues gallery of, of I don't know how many thousands of, of people and of institutions that are hard left. And it really is a, a great dossier on the enemies of this country who are both in government and in and out of government, but in positions of, of uh, political influence. And if you look at Gigi Stone's rap sheet, it's just it's literally long and disgusting. Uh, let's see. She's a Soros stooge. She supports BLM. She was in favor of net neutrality. She basically considers conservatives and Republican vermin that need to be eradicated. And again, this is not just any person being nominated for any you know, uh, uh, office or bureaucracy. It's for the FCC. So this isn't, this, this is crazy. But uh, the one thing about Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema, if you recall a couple of months back, there was a woman that was going to be nominated to the, I believe it was, I don't know if it was a federal trade commission or for, or for the, something in the economy. And her name was Saule Omarova. <laughs> she was a Russian and she graduated, I believe, from the, like the Patrice Lumumba University. And she's a full on communist. And her oh, goal yeah. was to do it, was to do away with with the, with the with the free market economy and impose communism. And she got torpedoed. I don't know if it was because of uh, mansion and cinema. But again, if we're relying on Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema to torpedo these nominees, because the, the one thing we know is that these are not just sort of one off kind of freaks and geeks. The leftist bench is very, very deep and it's very, very wide. And they, uh, you get rid of one cockroach and another one who is as bad, if not worse, comes to the fore. And eventually they're going to get nominated and they'll, they'll, they'll sneak in. Same thing with judges and so on and so forth. But Gigi Sohn is just absolutely horrible. So, of course, she went on and claimed, you know, homophobia. It's a, lo- it's a loss for the American people. <laughs> that's, no, that's what she said. It's unbelievable. I'll quote her. Unfortunately, yeah. the American people are the real losers here. As someone who has advocated for my entire career for affordable, accessible broadband for every American, it is ironic that blah, 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 blah. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's ironic. Is I won't the, have, yeah. Why is the federal government involved in affordable, accessible broadband? That is commerce. It should not be controlled by the federal government. 
But of course, the FCC has no function either. So exactly. I don't it's, know it's why ridiculous. I'm surprised by this. So that's good. So Gigi Sohn is gone. Uh, but it, Gigi, 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 you funny little good for nothing communist is, is gone. By the way, if you see a picture of her, she sort of looks like Roddy McDowell um, after he smoked a lot of crack and was taking off his makeup from uh, being Cornelius in Planet of the Apes. She's sort of his sort of twisted doppelganger looking chick who suffers from toxoplasmosis or or whatever but she's horrible but again she's great great that she's gone but let's bring the next one in man this is like if anything the, the democrat the democrat bench is essentially and literally murderer's row <laughs> and it's literally it, it's it's out of its mind and and i'll segue now from from gg from gg Sohn being axed thank god for the moment if we go to the federal trade commission there's this woman who i believe is named julie sue s-u and she is being promoted to be the head of the FTC. And what is her record? Uh, let's see. She is in was in California and she oversaw like a, almost a billion dollar theft of uh, covid relief funds. That's that was her uh, actually claim to add, fame. A, add a zero to that. A z- billion, oh, 10 yeah, according, billion. According to the Los Angeles <laughs> Times article from a couple of years ago, I found they think that she oversaw fraudulent use of, of as much as 11 billion dollars in taxpayer money. Of, well, there you go. Billions for uh, unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And, and this but, is a state. It's this isn't the federal government. This is a state. But, but then again, California, theoretically, it was always known to be like literally the sixth. It was at one point the sixth largest economy in the world. Yeah. So that that tells you something. And, and sadly, whatever co- seems to come out of California is kind of a harbinger or a bellwether for what could possibly happen for the rest of the nation. But that's not even the half of it. She sponsored a bill that essentially would do away with all kinds of freelance workers, not just it started out with journalists, but it also goes to, to truckers. And she's trying to get them and force them out of, you know, literally it would put a crimp on independent bi- small businesses, yeah. independent businesses. They would also force people to unionize and would literally it's a it's it's a way of communizing a great chunk of our economy. And of course, when the federal government controls most of the economy, what happens? Everything turns to crap. This is dangerous. And this woman, again, she has to face off against Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema. And again, we're pinning our hopes on two Democrats to nix this person. But at some point, they're going to let it go. But if this ever happens to the national economy where they destroy freelance and gig employees, it's disastrous. That is really going to be a disaster. Well, it's 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 shown to be a disaster in California. And this is one more example of the ridiculous control over the economy that government has. And as everybody knows, and as you just explained, you know, the more federal control over the economy, the worse it's going to do. And it's, you know, Donald Trump's perhaps his his greatest success between 2017 and 2021 is his ability to cut through this labyrinthine federal regulatory state and just unleash the American worker and unleash the American businessman. And I'm not talking about unleashing, you know, mega corporations. I'm talking about the, you know, the, the little company down the street that makes widgets. If the owner of that company doesn't have to spend 20 hours a week on regulations, well, then he can spend a little bit of time actually doing what he wants to do, which is building America. But uh, that's not what the federal government wants. That's not what the Democrat Party wants, and certainly not what Julie Sue wants. What she wants is a tremendously large regulatory state 
that allows the federal government to control every aspect of employment in, in America. And she will, if she wins this nomination, she will destroy, I mean, it, it's practically dead already, but she'll be putting a knife in its back. You know, I'm not as, being uh, really, I'm not being hyperbolic at all. I'm, I'm serious about this. No, no, you're absolutely right. There is no, look, when you, it, the, the one, I think I read an article, there was, the author was, was pointing out just one aspect of it is the independent trucker. When you do away with independent truckers, the cost of everything goes through the damned roof. It's going to be, if, if there is, it hasn't gone through the roof already with the, with Bidenflation. But, you know, to quote another quote from the great Milton Friedman, he said, if you put the federal government in charge of Sahara Desert, within five years, it'll be a shortage of sand. Yeah. And this is exactly, look, government, as we all know, is, and the founders and the framers knew it, it's a mixed blessing at best. And uh, you need a little bit of government here and there to, to regulate certain things. But we have gotten so far beyond what it's supposed to be, what America was designed to be, that it's just it's unrecognizable that people almost now two or three generations have really no concept of what, you know, free enterprise is, what risk is. Uh, we have these so-called safe spaces and, and, and so on and so forth. But we're losing our national identity. And this is absolute madness. And these people, you know, I swear, I just want to talk if any I'm not even talking about Marxists or, you know, the died in the wool, the brain dead. They're not going to listen to me at all. Listen to us, I should say. But if anybody is out there who is a liberal, a classic liberal whose family maybe who still considers, you know, Franklin Roosevelt a decent guy or John F. Kennedy, they voted, you know, whatever, so on and so forth. Even, God forbid, later on, who were bamboozled by Bill Clinton in the, you know, the early on or Jimmy Carter. This is not your Democratic Party. The Democrat Party, I call it the Democrat Party because they're not Democratic. The last thing they are is Democratic. But be that as it may, this is not the party of John Kennedy. Hell, it's it's almost, well, to a certain extent, it is the party of FDR, but it's not the party of FDR. not the party of any of this these people. This is the people. party of Woodrow Wilson. The party of Woodrow Wilson. He, you wonder, yeah. he, again, I mean, they've, the, they've, the, the original damaging progressive. Yeah, we are so far removed. Look, it's one thing and you have to kind of divorce yourself from issues and look at the bigger picture of freedom and liberty and so on. And we talked about reconciliation and how to how to prevent the split up of the states or a civil war, or whatever it's going to be. I mean, damn, you have a party and not just the party, you have a good percentage of the base of the Democratic Party right now that views us and you and I and people who you know just want to be left alone. They view us as cancer to be eradicated. Yep. You're not going to, there's no reconciliation with that. That's only, it's a, it's a horrible situation. But these people, Julie Sue and Gigi Sohn and Saule Omarova and God Almighty. And then you get into pe people like Peter Buttigieg, who's a complete incompetent. And by the way, this is going to segue into something completely different. There was another nominee, I believe, to head the FAA. And I forgot, I forgot the guy's name already. He yeah, was up he in front of the Congress. And, and he, he knew he nothing. Ignorant of the most basic concepts of regulation of the skies over in the United States. It was unbelievable. It's crazy. And this is a this is a whole thing. I mean, that could be cronyism. Who knows what it is? But then we talked about this whole diversity, inclusion and equity nonsense, which puts the most ridiculous qualifications, meaning your skin color, your gender, your what your ethnicity over competence and destroys the meritocracy. I think Victor Davis Hanson had a great piece in both in American Greatness and in PJ Media saying this is no way to run a railroad. This is, so to speak, uh, East Palestine. Hello. So but magnify East Palestine with the FAA, with your doctor, 
with uh, people who are running farms, if, if farmers are even allowed to have land anymore, if the, if, if the FTC gets its way, they'll be, it'll be like the kulaks. They'll, they'll collectivize the farms. We're heading towards it. Do I, I must sound like a raving lunatic right now, like like just uh, like the nut on the subway, you know, with with the shopping bags and you know drooling into his you know into his cream corn. But this is what's happening to this country. We are literally being subsumed from within, and everybody's just sort of going blissfully on, not paying attention to it. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> on that cheery note. Yeah. Let's take two a two-minute break, a one-minute break, and we'll be right back with some other subjects and some quick hits, and we'll wrap it up and, and make it a quick and close. Hang in there. That JJ Sefton, CBD, the Country of Newsletter Speaks podcast. A couple of things that we're going to uh, hit on uh, to close out the show, but there are big stories. First yeah, of the, all, go ahead, go ahead, CBD. All right, the, the biggest one is, you know, shockingly, we have pretty much confirmed through various uh, federal agencies, shocking as it may seem, they're, uh, they're telling the truth, that the origin of the of Wuhan flu or the uh, Chinese flu or, or uh, COVID-19 is almost certainly the virology lab in Wuhan. Now, obviously, anybody with a pulse and a brain knew that a long, long time ago. But for various political reasons, that was hidden from the American people, or the proof of it was hidden from the American people for more than, oh boy, three years, really. When did it start? About February of 2020. So it's been more than three years. And of course, the purpose of that was to destroy any sense that Donald Trump was correct about his his claim. And secondarily, it was to defend their paymasters in Beijing. I think it's very, very interesting that various arms of the federal government have found this independent of each other. And I think that it is, I'm, I'm certainly not going to suggest that it is, uh, you know, rolling back the regulatory state that wants to control everything. That's nonsense. It's just that the overwhelming evidence simply cannot be ignored anymore. It's funny. It's almost the same reaction we're getting from when this drop. This actually dropped before Tucker Carlson released the and Kevin McCarthy released the uh, the J6 tapes. This happened maybe a week or so before. It was one I forget which agency that revealed it that said it was more more than likely or most likely came from the Wuhan uh, bioweapons lab, and everybody freaked out over that. And now all of a sudden it's uh, it's I, I think it's either the DOJ or the FBI or some intelligence agency is complaining. Uh, yeah, no, it is, it did come from Wuhan. We can we can definitely be pretty much 100 percent certain that that is where it came from. And of course, now it's uh, it's crickets. But to even say that was, you know, racist, was homophobic, was tin tinfoil hat conspiracy nuttery. And we knew this going in. This is what happened. But when Donald Trump stated it, when he called it the China, the China virus or whatever you want, Anything that Donald Trump does is axiomatically has to be protested and has to be negated by by the people who have Trump derangement syndrome. Yeah. 
And so that was that was you can't really call it his mistake. He just tried to say, look, this is where it's coming from. This is what we have to deal with. And so for three years, they you know, they, they basically put the kibosh on on trying to uh, come out with the truth of what happened, whether it's the Chinese paymasters or whether it's just to preserve both or to preserve the meme that Trump was wrong and Trump's a racist and you have to take the shots. You got to wear the mask. You got to lock yourself down. We have to destroy the economy and so on and so forth, because to reverse yourself and say, oops, we were wrong. You know, that would be egg on face would not be such a uh, a good look for, for for people, for the Karens and for the Democrats who are pushing this crap for the last three years. But what this is where it is, that- though, was that when Trump first pointed out that, yeah, this is coming from China, let's let's shut down movement of people from, you know, to and from China. And the hysterical reaction from the from oh, the left was unbelievable. You know, go oh, yeah. go out, and hug a coolie. Uh, go to Chinatown, go have dinner because my God, th- it's not coming from China and everybody is perfectly safe. This, this is insanity. What he did was absolutely correct. And it, you know, that's, that's basic epidemiology. And yet he was pilloried for it. And he has been proven correct, obviously. But I, I want to bring up something else. You know, it, it, obviously this, the virus came from the labs and it is entirely possible that it was at least partially engineered from naturally occurring viruses that apparently uh, um, are originally from bats. I do not believe that it was released on purpose. I think that it is simply uh, one more example of how crappy the Chinese do most things. They're not very good at anything. They just do a lot of it. It, It's, I I think that there is so little evidence that, that it was released on purpose that we have to look at the reality that they just screwed up. Now they defended themselves to a tremendous extent and they limited the world response to this. They could have helped, they chose not to. That's a political decision on the part of the, uh, of the rulers of China, the Communist Party. But again, I, I simply do not believe that it was released on purpose. Your head's going to explode once again yep. as I sort of as there I play devil's a, as as I play devil's advocate. But <laughs> I, I will say, and I agree with all your points about China being just they do a lot of shit and they just do they're they're inept at a lot of crap and there's a lot of corruption and so on and so forth, which doesn't necessarily negate their the the danger that they they pose to the to the world. But I will say this: you have to say qui bono. The fact that it was released, whether it was in, accidentally or accidentally on purpose or however you want to say it. Boy, did, did a lot of people benefit. Donald Trump was was really was the first president since 1972 and Richard Nixon opened it up. And then later on, when Clinton and W gave them most favored nation status, he and, and just destroyed our manufacturing base and destroyed our economy in, the, in that in those 40, 50 years. He has been the first president to say enough of this garbage. We are not going to let the Chinese just just eat our lunch and we're going to try to defend our manufacturing. We talked about Trump's uh, you know, trade program. Should he win the nomination and, and win again in 2024, which is a winner. So that was one thing that definitely benefits the Chinese that Trump got sidelined and had to deal with this crap. It also benefited with the lockdowns and with everything else, the Democrat Party, who after that instituted mail in mail in voting, uh, same day registration, ballot harvesting, you know, all of these all of these things that denuded and degraded and already pretty degraded, you know, election security system in, in many places around the country that allowed them. And I'll say it here and now to really to take the elect to steal it, essentially to steal it with the mail-in ballots. And then again, what happened on election night with all of a sudden the, the freezing of the counting and after the toilet overflowed in Atlanta and so on and so forth. But the Chinese benefited. And to your point, CBD, when if it was an accident and it did leak, 
what they did was, this is what their calculus was. Let's spread this disease around the world so our economy won't be the only one that suffers. That is exactly what they were thinking in China. And that is just, you know, that is literally evil. That is, you know, unbelievable. Like, I'm apoplectic at, at just the, the depths of, of, of the Chinese communists and what they would do to uh, to maintain their stranglehold. But I, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I mean, th- yeah. their, their decision to, to allow it to spread across the country, uh, across the world is uh, horrible. And it demonstrates once again that they are not a part of the, the world of nations. They are actors for one country and one country alone. Unfortunately, it, the reality of it is that, that virus is going to get out no matter what. There is no way to prevent it. If you know, Once it gets into a city of many, many millions of people, Wuhan is a fairly large city. There's no way to prevent it from becoming ubiquitous throughout the world. The issue, of course, is that had it been addressed correctly by both national and world health organizations, we would have been able to manage it much, much more effectively. But the constant denial and then the manipulation of, of treatment for political ends and you know the, the the constant criticism of Donald Trump doing no matter what they criticized him was complete was unproductive and and probably hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people are dead because of it absolutely without without a doubt i mean it's the yeah. the politicization of all of these therapeutic treatments and the whole idea of locking down which is and masking up yeah, you have that's destroyed the lives of millions of people that did not need to be destroyed. But of course, they needed to be destroyed because Donald Trump and the American economy and the American way of life had to be destroyed in order to make the world safe for Democrats. There, I said it. There you go. Yeah. So let's move on to a, a, it's a, just a local news story. And that is that four Americans went down to Mexico, apparently to get some surgical procedure. I assume that it's some sort of cosmetic procedure. And they ended up in the Mexican city of Matamoros, and oh, uh, they were kidnapped. Two of them were murdered, and two were just recently found alive. This speaks to a couple of problems. One is that uh, anybody who goes to Mexico is a, is a lunatic. It's a, it's a narco state. It's a failed state. They can't defend their own citizens. They certainly can't protect tourists. So anybody, uh, I, you know, uh, and I, by the way, I used to go to Mexico, and it used to be a wonderful, wonderful place. Food's great. The people are friendly. It's beautiful. But nowadays, there's not a chance in hell you could you would catch me going anywhere near Mexico. But it also speaks to our completely open southern border. We are allowing this kind of behavior to enter the United States. If Mexico can't manage this sort of stuff, why are we allowing people to cross from Mexico into the United States? This is simply a matter of I'm not even talking about national security. I'm not talking about the terrorists who are clearly coming into the United States over the open border between Texas and Arizona and California and actually New Mexico. I'm talking about just garden variety crime. This is a state that has I'm I'm sorry, I'm talking about uh, Mexico. It is a country that allows an unbelievable level of crime and violence. Their background level of crime and violent crime is many, many times that of it in the United States. And yet we are allowing these people to come to America. And there is no reason for it other than the obvious political reason. 
By the way, we're all looking at the southern border at the Rio Grande. Congresswoman Elise Stefanik from New York is sounding major alarm bells, which are going completely unheeded, of massive influx of illegal crossings from the northern border. And it's not just, you know, Canadians, you know, Bob and Doug McKenzie looking for a beer. It's who knows who it's it's people from all over the world sneaking across the northern border, which is essentially completely it's wide open. And and the Canadian border, the Canadian American border speaks. It used to speak to the to the closeness and the friendship of uh, and, and the security of um, it was probably it was the least defended border probably on the on the planet, I think. It's a completely uh, and, and, undefended border. Completely undefended. It spoke. It spoke yeah. for many years to the, to the safety and the security and the friendship between two literally almost in many ways identical countries. And sadly, now we're very identical to them between Joe Biden and Justin Trudeau, who I call Castro Chescu, as even more communist than communist because of his father, Fidel, allegedly. Now it's getting even more dangerous. He's bringing in people by, by the bushel from all over the world and clamping down on Canadian citizens and trying to eradicate farmers and truckers and so on and so forth while building you know, a socialist paradise above the, uh, whatever that is, the 48th parallel, the 50th parallel, who knows what it is. But this is, you cannot, when you have no borders, when you have no immigration policy, when you just say, come on in, it's wide open, you get the chaos uh, along with it. If you were to have someone who would say, you know something, we're going to freeze immigration, we're going to clamp down on it, we're going to not allow it, we're going to start deporting people left, right, and center, we're going to cut back on all the benefits for illegal aliens, no more voting registration, like in D.C., allowing illegal aliens to vote in elections, taxing remittances like 90%. You watch how quickly the Mexican government or the whoever it is down there suddenly whistles a different tune. But until then, this AMLO character and everybody else, whoever really is controlling that failed state of Mexico and much of Central America, just laughing in our faces. But this is to be expected. It is, unfortunately. Absolutely. There was one one little quick hit that I was interested in, and we mentioned it. We, we were speaking about it earlier before we started the uh, podcast, and that is that a federal judge sided with the Biden administration against a, a Missouri Second Amendment law. Missouri decided that they didn't like any of the federal laws restricting the Second Amendment, and they passed a law saying, well, you can't do that in Missouri. And I, I like the idea of it, that Missouri is going to defend the Constitution. I am ignorant of the nitty-gritty of the law. It's very possible that it is, in fact, unconstitutional. But I do, as I said, I do like the idea that the states are pushing back, that they are looking at the Tenth Amendment as something more than an anachronism. It, there, and by the way, Missouri is going to appeal the judge's decision, and I hope they win. And it's interesting because, you know, when all these states, these blue shitholes decided to declare themselves going, circling back to uh, immigration, sanctuary states and sanctuary exactly. cities... You know, it's like, uh, hello, the shoe is now, if you're going to do that with something that really is insane, you know, that illegal, you know, codifying illegal, you know, illegal immigration uh, here, at least Missouri is codifying something in the, you know, the Second Amendment, which is, a, you know, an inalienable right to, 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 to keep and bear arms. And now all of a sudden a federal judge is saying, uh-uh, you can't do that. But it is a pickle. I mean, and, and it, it speaks to the broader issue of uh, one side having literally observing the constitution only in the breach when it when it furthers their goals and then totally destroying it when it doesn't further their goals they use the constitution as i always say as both a shield and a cudgel with which to beat us up with and to defend themselves and and there you have it there we have it 
Well, I think that just about puts the cap on another uh, fantastic episode of the Cut Jib Newsletter Speaks podcast. For CBD, it's JJ Sefton. We will see you again with another scintillating episode. So always keep tuned and thanks for the support and hitting the tip jar. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening, folks.